Welcome back to Capital Stories. A little while ago, we introduced you to Maya Teagle, um, a Bosnian refugee on the show. And today we are back with an interview with her husband, Parker, who has his own unassuming story uh, mm-hmm. to share. And on the surface, Parker's story is about what seems like just a run-of-the-mill kind of career transition, which, mm-hmm. you know, not to minimize that because on its own, career transitions can be hard and, you mm-hmm. know, trying to listen for God and what to do. And it's a challenging, challenging thing to navigate, right? Yeah. But in Parker's case, there's elements of betrayal yeah. and manipulation mm-hmm. and just straight up lying mm-hmm. um, that he was kind of the victim of in right. in some business dealings. And, and that stuff is painful. It's, it's hard. It rocks you. Right? It rocks your your foundation. Right. Of- Especially as he felt like this call to be doing, that he was called in the direction he was going and it led to something surprising and hard. So it's an example of how we, mm-hmm. as disciples of Christ, mm-hmm. can handle everyday decisions in business and our mm-hmm. careers within this world that's unfortunately full mm-hmm. of drama. Yeah. And how do we respond to that? Not by piling on more sin, but right. by, by living out the, the calling that Christ has given us of, yeah, of by trusting that and trust. yeah. right in the middle of that pile I'm not going to add to the pile right, right? by trusting right. that and, 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 and making the choices of that of honesty yeah. right and forgiveness and grace and still have boundaries right so know? enough talk we'll just let you listen in here is Parker Teagle on Capital Stories So, Parker, you and I have known each other for a little while now, and there's something that typically dominates our conversations, and it's it's not just Jesus. I mean, that typically is kind of the overarching thing, but we talk a lot about exercise, and I'm so sorry that... I pretty much am just always selfish with you and I'm asking you for feedback and advice and all this kind of stuff. But we talk about that because maybe, maybe I should just hand this over to you and and tell me, tell me a little bit about what it is that you do like as a, as a career. So I am now a personal trainer. So I've been training professional athletes down to youth athletes on my own for the past year. Before that, I worked at the University of Utah. So you'll see I talk to all these like young athletes that are coming through here. And so they also, I used to work with all of them. And so I trained three teams at the University of Utah. I did that for like six years. Wow. And before that, I was training. I've been training athletes since I was 15. was the first athlete I ever started training. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Was yeah. this something kind of like the music managers that I know that kind of weasel their way in of like, I could teach you some tricks, kid? Or was yeah. this like like a legitimate thing like through your school? Or how'd you get that? More of the, the, the former. Like, oh, okay. I got some tricks. So basically, <laughs> my neighbor, who's ended up being my best friend, he was younger than me by four years, and he had never learned to play football. And he was this like 6'6 six, six dude. And I was like, mm. man, I got to teach you how to lift and play football. And so he was my first one, and he eventually got a D1 scholarship to Weber State and played wow. football. So it was a really cool story, but he was my first project, and I did made a lot of mistakes. So sure, <laughs> he was sure. like, got a bad back, and I'm like, that's my fault. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have two children. I think I made a lot of mistakes with the first, so hopefully the better, or the yeah. second one will be better and not yep. have a bad back. But yep. Yep. <laughs> this is why we talk about exercise a lot, because you're somebody in my life that you're an authority when it comes to exercise, and I'm constantly running things past you or just asking you to talk to me about those things. And you know, something we've talked about in the past is can seem like a silly question, but it's a very foundational one. And I think it has helped me anyway to have the right mindset going in. And so I'll just ask you what can seem like a simple question, but how would you define exercise? What is exercise and, and, yeah. and what is the point of it? It's a tough question, really good question. I think exercise is purposeful movement, 
if we're talking physical, right? Purposeful but, movement. I like right, that. Because if you're talking mental, it's a different thing, right? Sure. But for physical exercise, it's movement with a purpose in mind, whatever that is, right? To increase range of motion, to increase cardiovascular fitness, strength, whatever it is. That's how I define exercise. And why it's so important is I think everyone can realize like when they work out, they're just feel better. Sure. Right? They're more mentally clear. There's all these physiological responses, but I think you do it in preparation just for your day, for your life, for having kids that you pick up with one arm, right? And you don't, so you don't throw out your back. <laughs> sure. It's all exercise can help you with all different sorts of situations physically in life. And you have something to fall back to reflectively mentally too. Yeah. Right? Because when you exercise, like we've talked about so many times, it gets hard. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you don't want to do it or sometimes right. it's uncomfortable physically. And if you're able to move through those things, you have something to reflect on later later in your life whenever you need it. Like Troy talks about with memorization. It's just a, a experience to reflect on when you need it in life. When we first started hanging out, I was primarily like doing calisthenics and yeah. you know, just the more body, you know, using your own body weight. And our first conversation, you were telling me about kettlebells and you were like, oh, yeah. you got to come by, man. I'll yeah. tell you how to use this. Uh-huh. I think there's a part of me that was always a little apprehensive with that because it is more than me. Mm-hmm. And it is bigger than me. And there's this resistance to it. You know, you just kind of talked to me about, you know, the importance of actually incorporating those things kind of where essentially like, well, man, that's, that is the point. Like yeah. it is resistance. And what I like about how you just brought that back around, we engage in these things like physical exercise. Yes. For, for a lot of different physical benefits, but it's also that moment of reflection. And yeah. we've talked about how there's this element of, we, we exercise, and in some senses, it's, it's because it's hard, and life is hard. And so yeah. in some ways, it can seem like, so why would I add one other difficult thing to my day? But, but we, we do that because it's not just, like you mentioned at, at the outset, it's not just the physical thing. If it's, if it's mental, then that's, something, that's, that's a whole other form of exercise. Okay, I just lifted or did whatever resistance training, and I pushed myself. I did something really hard today already. And then I go to my job. And when I encounter something hard, there's that thing in me that's just kind of like, I can do hard things. Yeah, I willingly did something hard already today. Yeah. And so now that I'm stepping into something that I'm not really, it was thrust upon me. It's like, well, I'm already ready for that. And I love how you brought that around to things like memorization and meditation. It's like, we do those things so that we're ready in the moment for yeah. those difficult things. And you mentioned, you know, that you have have served, well, you were paid for it, but yeah. you know, it's your calling and, and yeah. you, you do it as a service to the world. Being a physical trainer, is, is that the technical title? The technical terms? title is strength and conditioning coach, but it's like, there's so many different names out there, sport performance, strength and conditioning. So physical trainer's good. Well, I'll just, I'll put that on a business card. So it's yeah. in front of me. Uh-huh. So I get it yeah. right from now on. But you did that for the university of Utah yep. and it was like lacrosse and a number of other of the big teams that are up there. But then here a little while ago, talk to me about what happened that caused you to leave there. So the Jan, I think I left what, two years ago and that January, Maya and I always like drive home from Colorado. And I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Maya. Maya, my wife, my beautiful, wife. lovely gotcha. wife. I just want to yep. make sure everybody mm-hmm. else yep. knows. Yeah. So we were driving home from Colorado and we were driving home from Christmas and we would go there a lot. And we always just reflect on the year and talk about what we want to make better. And there are always these really good conversations because you're driving for 10 hours, you know? <laughs> and I was like, there's something in my gut that's telling me this is like, this is going to be a big year. Something's going to change, right? And so I was like, I need to start praying about it. And we had, that was the year we actually started to want to volunteer more. And we're like, we're going to make faith our priority. Because we were just kind of exploring it. And Maya's new to it all. But anyways, that year, I was like, something's going to change. 
And then we fast forward a few months and I was like, I don't know what's going to change. I don't know what's going on, but something's in my gut. Something's in my gut. And then we're going on and then Maya's like, all right, we're going we're gonna to try to buy a house. So we're like, oh, that's what it is. All right, we're going to buy a house. So we're going, we're going. And then I have, I have my quarterly or my end of the year review with my boss. And it was really, really good. But I had asked him some challenging things. And ultimately, there was no future for me there, right? I was going to stay the same. And that's just kind of, that's not the useful. It's just the reality of the business. So you had kind of hit a ceiling, like mm-hmm. you had progressed as high as you possibly could. Yep. And there was nowhere else to, to go. Right. Unless someone left, right? Someone would have to quit. And so I was like, all right, this is it. And in that moment, God's like, all right, this is it. And I was like, all right, I quit. <laughs> like in that in that moment, in I was the like, meeting. in the meeting, I was like, this is my two week notice. I'm sorry. And then I went back. I'm like, oh, was that wrong? Because obviously we were trying to buy a house. We were like about to close on a house. Wow. And I came home to Maya. I'm like, baby, I quit. I can't do this anymore. Mm. And she was so supportive. She was like, are you serious? I'm like, she's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and so we moved in with her parents. And okay. then I started the new, that new venture. And obviously in that moment, you, you're like, was that reactionary? But when you feel it in your gut and it comes out, I think it's, it's you know, it was God in that moment sure. for sure. Her initial reaction was just like, oh, like a little you, fear, understandable, understandable, right? super understandable, and um, just like she was just telling me, she's like, look, I don't want you to be miserable, mm-hmm. right? She's like, that's the last thing I want for you in this life. So, and she's endured hardship, you know, she's got a lot of experiences about a lot of hardship with her history. So, I think she was just ready for another one, you know, mentally, and mm-hmm. she could handle another one. Not yeah. that she wanted another one, sure, but, you know, she. As I decided to do it, she's like, okay, well, what's, what's the plan? What are you doing? And as I came to her about my, my plan and my future, she's just like, okay, how can I help? And so she actually asked her parents if we could move in with them. So we moved in with her parents for a little bit. It was just constant comfort, right? Because you're so scared. You're on this new venture. You just made this huge decision, right? That's going to affect your wife and yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she's just totally supportive. And she just, there would be nights where I just couldn't sleep and she'd just be talking with me. And Yeah, that's amazing. I, I know that one of the mistakes that I make with Sheree, my wife, is I don't just comfort. I try and solve the problem. And it sounds like Maya is doing exactly what my wife wish, wishes yeah. I did a lot more, where uh-huh. it's like the comfort. And it goes yeah. so far. It and does. when we experience that, we're like, this is the best. Yeah. There was moments of she was trying to solve the problem. She'd be like, okay, well, what can I do? And then eventually she's like, I have no control over this, sure. which was really a big moment for both of us to be yeah. like, well, we're not really in a lot of control here. Yeah. We're following a path and let's see where it goes. Yeah. So, Well, that's amazing. And I, th- I think we're going to come back to this in a minute because I, I don't want to derail you. Yeah. Um, but I think it's amazing that God gave you a spouse who had been through some difficult things yeah. because you're about to get us into a part of the story that that might the waters are going to get a little choppy. Yeah. And I think that's amazing that it's not just both of you thrown into this brand new situation. It's like God yeah. knew uh, ahead of time the kind of support that you were going to need. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a moment. So you so you branch out on your own. Talk, talk yeah. to me about what the, that initial stage was like when you started out on your own. So I had gone and... When, before I went to the U, I worked for a company and when I was like 18 to 20 and that company, I had to, I obviously, the guy who kind of helped me out was a big one mentor and he's, okay. he became a mentor of mine, really valued him. You know, when you're that young, there was just a lot of good information. He was investing in me, just a lot of, you know, it's just a really positive mentorship that I was able to, to go under mm-hmm. with him. And actually, in that year before I went to the U, I had started a branch of this company and just blew it <laughs> and just failed miserably okay. and ended up shutting down and didn't work out. And then I went to the U. And so when I came back, I knew I had a lot more to offer this company, right? 
And so I was like, all right, well, I, I want to do this with you. I'm leaving the you. And my mentor was like, oh, it's the perfect timing because we have these three things lined up that we're going to, you know, we've been wanting someone to get into. So we'll push you right into it. We're going to offer you ownership of the business. It's going to be great. And so I was like, all right, perfect. So leaving the you, that was the next step. So it sounds to me like even though you had blown it with this guy in the past, yeah. apparently like there's enough, there's enough of a connection and he sees enough growth in you that he's yeah. like welcoming you back with open arms and yeah. giving you a buy-in with the company, all that yeah. stuff. So you're set up for success. And yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. This sounds like a huge answer to prayer and a yeah. relief to your wife. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, this is going to be sick. This is exactly why I was quitting the you that. Like, I'm going to start this business with him. And when it had failed, like it was good because on our closing conversation, he admitted a lot of things that he could have done better mentorship wise to me. So okay. I think when we had failed last time, there was a good mutual understanding. So we went into it this next time, knowing what we needed to do better sure. on both ends. And we were ready to go. I'm going nice. to be a millionaire next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you leave the U, you step into this new role uh, at this company, yeah. things are great. Mm -hmm. Talk me through a little bit more, like what what's the next little bit like for yeah. you there? So it was good. It it was good for in theory. Okay. Right. So I had made this decision and and it wasn't quite the reality it was made out to be. Okay. Right? When I stepped into it. And you know, no I was like, well, you know, like maybe this was a vision. It could just be different than what I thought. But when I stepped into it, the the facility that was supposed to be ready wasn't. Okay. Right. The account that I was supposed to take over was, you know, in thoughts lucrative was at zero and had to be built and captured. Mm. And so, but there was still opportunity and I still trusted this mentor. I thought things were going to go really, really well. So I just, there was that initial hiccup and it was really within the first couple of weeks. Oh, and wow. that's really what, it's kind of the first stage of it. Okay. And then time goes on and it progresses and it- yeah doesn't get better, right? right? No, So it you, in a way, and it, please don't allow me to put words in your mouth, but you were a little misled. Yeah, he, for sure. He's excited to bring you back. And what right. feels like, oh, wow, there's, he took ownership of what he got wrong. I took ownership of what I got wrong. This is great. We're all growing. Yeah. But really it's like, there's some shady stuff going on. So yeah. how long did you continue down that path? So it was almost a year. So I started last July of 2020. Started and it ended up. So I guess I get there in July. I'm supposed to manage these two accounts in this facility. And, um, you know, their current facility is way up north in Ogden. So I'm driving from Draper to Ogden every wow, day. that's a right? commute. Wrong time. Yep. You know, working through it. And they, this, my mentor had had another business partner that he wanted to be a part of it. So there was three partners involved in this. And they had current jobs with that account that I was supposed to manage. So I guess to give you more details, this account was all throughout the Salt Lake Valley. They had the North on lock. It, they had told me that the Salt Lake account was mine, but there was really no money coming from the Salt Lake account. So meanwhile, gotcha. as we start this company, they're getting paid from this account. I'm getting nothing trying to launch in Salt Lake. And mm. with the materials I was promised I'd have, I had nothing, right? Wow. So there was no facility. So I was trying, I was managing, <laughs> there's a two, it's a big indoor facility out West and there was no turf. So I literally trained someone on like in the hallway for multiple weeks, just wow. cause like there was, cause you know, that facility manager was like, well, that timeline wasn't right. I didn't promise this. And so we just made do in a hallway and that went on for a few weeks. And then eventually things start looking on the up and up. Okay. I start getting some clients. I start getting some pro athletes. Things are going well. The facility just still took forever. So I was still making do with what I had mm -hmm. in corners of turf. But 
luckily at the U, I had built enough of a of a support system that there were people connected there that wanted me to be a part of training their athletes. Yeah. So I was doing all that, and I was going up north, and there was just something, just constantly running into hiccups with the two partners, and I just, I just didn't understand why there would be hiccups. Like if if we needed something for Salt Lake, right? Like it was just always a, a challenge to yeah. get it. And and they would say they would do something and they wouldn't follow through. We'd schedule meetings and they wouldn't be there. And sure. Th- so there are all these little hiccups that started frustrating me. You're already talking about like all these things that you're overcoming where it's like, dude, I'm training a pro athlete in a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're doing these difficult things. Like yeah. so just because something got hard, just yeah. because something got inconvenient, yeah, it didn't stop you. It might have right. frustrated you, yeah. but you found a way to like push through that. And then you keep saying there's all these hiccups. Yeah. And I, I just can't help but wonder if if I were in that position, would I see that as a hiccup or would I see that as like an insurmountable obstacle? Yeah. Like these things that are preventing me from doing what I got to do, but you have just, you've got, it's just ingrained in who you are yeah. and, and, and how God wired you where it's just like, well, I mean, you're your job is to like push people and to face resistance and overcome those things. And that's how you grow. And so it's like, there's no turf. All right. I'm going to train you in a hallway. Oh, there are these things that I'm going to call hiccups. And it's just like, so your resilience is there. So we're, we're seeing those kinds of things in you already. When when you mentioned that you're, it's like pulling teeth to try and get things done. Where where does it go from there? Eventually. So the Salt Lake branch starts building. So things are looking good, actually, because I had I, I was just doing most of it myself, right? And I had yeah. built a little section to where I, I didn't really need them much other than okay. when we made business decisions, right? Sure. And so one day I show up up there, and there's this guy sitting outside the front door of the North facility. And I'm like, hey, what's your name? He's like, oh, my name's so-and-so, and I'm here to start working. What? Start working? He's like, one of the partners I met with him and he said I'm hired and I'm like dude we don't have any money coming like this is a start like I'm barely getting paid right let alone and then this guy shows up and then I call that partner I'm like what are you doing Mm. and he's like oh I just figured you needed some help I'm like do you realize this kid moved here from Idaho quit his job to come down here to work with us and he's like oh he'll be fine if he stinks we'll fire him and I was like yo we can't treat people like that we can't do that so I had to, we started making a little bit of money. And then another thing Maya's been so gracious about, I came to her and I said, baby, I can't take any more money because I need to pay this person, right? So I'm not going to sit here and take this money while this kid moves here and gets nothing. So I stopped taking money from the business so we could pay that person who came on board. Okay. And then, so that happens. And that was one of the first things that I was just like, there's something off about what's going on here. But again, I was praying about it all the time. I was praying about it and it was just like, this is where you're supposed to be. Just chill out, find a way to make this work. So the security is certainly not the money at this point. Oh, this no. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Maybe I asked a dumb question yeah, no, based no, on no, your no, response. No, 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 no. I appreciate the clarity. So, no. <laughs> it sounds like you have had a lot of laughs over that, that uh-huh. thought. So yeah. the, the security is not the money, but this, there is a sense of security, not yeah. just from you, but also with Maya, yeah. that this is right where God wants you. Yeah. And that's why you're able to continue to endure. Am, am, right. am, I, am I tracking? Absolutely. Okay. So we go, we go through that and then things are going okay, right? So again, I had caught some momentum and I had him getting involved. And then, and then they do it again to someone who has a lot of clout. So this dude, a great man, had a very successful, he's like one of the OGs, like the 
like he's an awesome coach in Olympic weightlifting, trained Olympians. Okay. He gets a COVID, his, his LA gym has to shut down. He moves oh, no. out here. And my mentor had convinced him to come work for us. And so here I'm handed, he shows up one day with all this equipment. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm supposed to put this equipment. And he's like, hey, I work for you now. I'm like, I don't like, I don't have opportunity for you, dude. This is like a 55 year old man who like, I should be asking for advice from. Sure, yeah. And he comes to me being like, well, I was told this, this, and this. So I have to, you know, it was my, it was my area, right? And okay. so I'm fighting with my old mentor being like, what do you, what do you think? And we can't support this. And he's like, oh, it'll be fine. Just, you know, he just kind of like brushed it off and just assumed that it was all going to work out, right? And yeah. meanwhile, him and the other partner, not helping me a whole lot and, and doing stuff. They did stuff when they can, but again, the North was just so built out that it took all of their time, right? Yeah. And so I'm left with these these two people, one who's very experienced, one who needs some work, and then a very, you know, six months worth of, of startup clients, right? And yeah. it's not a whole lot, right? And I'm, man, I have to figure out ways to make them money, right? And, and there's all these conversations I'm having to have with these people about like, you know, like we don't, we don't have, we don't have that for you yet. We don't have that, and they come in like, "Well, I was promised this, this, and this." Yeah, and I'm like, "I'm sorry, man," but like, and I'm trying to figure out how to deal with it all. And so that goes on for a couple months, and I don't know why they stayed, to be honest. But well, I, I'm so lucky to have both of them as friends now. So thanks to God. <laughs> like, I don't sure. I don't know how that worked out. <laughs> well, okay, you you brought God up. Yeah. So let's pause here for a moment. Yeah. You, you just said something about like I'm trying to figure out what to do. Talk to me about. How were you figuring those things out as far as like like what was your prayer life like? What was yeah. what was your Bible reading like? What was your involvement at church? I mean, like yeah. those things that we typically associate with, okay, when I'm really struggling, when I'm in it and yeah. I really need God, it, it looks different for everybody. Yeah. What what was going on with you behind the scenes when it's yeah. just you and God during that season? So Maya and I started volunteering here more, right? So going through all this, we decide, okay, we want to volunteer more. And mm. so we did that, and then I started morning readings, which I didn't typically do beforehand. Okay. So I'd wake up in the mornings, and then listening to worship music was never really my thing. <laughs> but I started listening to a lot then. There'd be moments yeah. where I'd be sitting in my car just like crying, being like, how am I going to figure out how to do this? Like, what am I doing here? I'm supposed to leave these two guys. There's no money. There's no situation. Like, Our facility was in the middle of a really bad part of town. There's I actually ended up helping someone steal a car on accident. They were loading it onto a trailer outside. They were loading it onto a trailer outside. And I was like, oh, these guys must just be like just like helping the landlord. So I'm like, hey, let me help you guys push it up. And they were kind of weird to me. I'm like, man, these guys are kind of jerks. But they had like they were tatted face down. Like, and I was like, oh, whatever. Like. I, cool. I like tattoos. I got a lot of tattoos. You got a lot of tattoos. Sure. So we, we, we find our own. Yeah. yeah of so I help them load it up and then they drive off. And then I'm talking to the landlord like, hey, yeah, I helped your, your boys. And he's like, what are you talking about? Oh, no. I'm like, what? And it was like a old, like, it was like a BMW that he had that was, wow. but he had a bunch of, he would buy old cars and put okay. them all in his lot. But so needless to say, a little br- rough part of town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so dealing with that, right? Like it, there's just a lot of just minor things you're just having to deal with all the time. Grand Theft Auto is not a minor I thing. Hope that. <laughs> Don't tell the pop upstairs that I told him that. <laughs> and so just all these things. And back to, I guess the original question was my prayer life. It was, it grew strong, right? There was yeah. no way, zero way I was going to handle this. And I knew that without him, right? And yeah. so so that's really the only way I think I got even through as far as as we did. And yeah. the only way 
those two people have been able to be called friends after all this, after ultimately the company I was a part of just absolutely just did them completely wrong, was that I tried to manage with whatever God put in me. And that was courage and grace. And not that those things come out of me all the time, but in those moments, that's what God blessed me with. And yeah. so. Well, and what I love about this, and, and, and please speak more to it, you know, what I hear, if I, if I distill it down, is during that season, you turned your focus in many ways. I mean, you crying in the car, God, yeah. I need your help for sure. But at the same time, it's like you're turning your focus toward him. Yeah. But then also you kind of led with, you know, you and Maya are like, really throwing yourselves into serving here. And so it's yeah. like, you're turning your focus towards him yeah. and towards the people around you. And yeah. not only that, but like throughout this story, it's like, you guys took the hit and, and paid the kid from Idaho Yeah, and you're making sure everybody else needs to be taken care of. Right. And you know, when we've, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the science of like listening to music and having these other distractions while you're exercising and everything. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm not qualified to comment on this, but based on the things that you, you and I have talked about in the past, it, it just just seems like God just has this way of wiring us to where when we need something the most, something mysteriously wonderful happens when we do just enough, when we look up and we look out enough yeah. that it's almost like it's just enough of a distraction, not as escapism. It just focuses us towards him and towards other people. And right. through that, he infuses us and he fills us because I'm, I'm so sorry. Cause I'm about to invalidate what you just said. Yeah. When you, when you say I didn't, you know, courage and yeah. understanding these other things. And you're like, well, I don't really have those in me. It's yeah. like, get out of here. Yeah. Of course nice. you have those in yeah. you because otherwise, I mean, what, what do we hear around here all the time? Yeah. What's in you sloshes out of you when people bump into you. I mean, yeah. dude, these things are they're not just bumping into you. I mean, this yeah. is life pummeling you and just yeah. kicking you when you're down. And what's coming out of you is making sure that the needs of this guy from Idaho are met, making sure that there's somebody serving here at Capitol, making sure that your wife is being comforted. It's just like, and, and this is courage. It's like, yeah. these are the things that are just like coming out of you. So again, I'm really you. sorry to invalidate no, your opinion well, of yourself, that's really nice but you, that's just what I'm hearing. And yeah, so thanks. after you've boosted the car and you know, help these other people, <laughs> things are just kind of coming to a head. Yep. You've already alluded to the fact that you're still friends with yeah. these other two guys and, and you've, we've kind of already given given it away and you've given it away yeah. that that relationship kind of with that company, it came to an end. Yeah. So talk, talk about like, ultimately tell us the end of that part of the story. Yeah. Again, micro situations that just made me realize like, I don't, I can't trust these two people. Right. And yeah. there would just be all these lies uncovered. And ultimately there was this massive lie that the, the company was owned by a different company, but they technically didn't owe them because they never paid for the company. And so that was how I was supposed to have ownership, right? Mm. And it's because that, that other company didn't fulfill their, their right and their, their contractual obligation. And so I had been pushing and pushing and pushing. Hey, we have to meet with this company. We have to, you know, excuse ourselves and just start opera operating separately. Because it was all, all the systems and stuff was just integrated. It was just really messy. Okay. And I was pushing to have that conversation for a long, long time. And the first thing that happened is I had a meeting with the CPA so I went on to our company's business tax files and saw that they had never put me as an owner. Oh, no. And I went in there and I was like, what is this about? And they're like, I'm so sorry. You know, it was a mistake. It was a mistake, blah, blah, blah. And I chose to forgive them in that moment. And that was early on. And I was like, because again, I pray about it. And it's like, you're here. Stay here. And I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know what is supposed to happen, but I guess so. So I stay there that first time. And then they say they fix it, which is awesome, cool, mistakes happen, 
Like, let's, let's just move on. And so I keep pushing for this meeting to happen, a meeting to happen. And in my heart, I started feeling something like I did close to you, that like, it's getting time. Sure. It's getting close. It's getting close. So it's getting close. And I actually end up getting a call from the University of Duke. I don't know if you, their basketball program. So sure. their assistant coach just took okay. a job on his own and called me and asked me to be his strength and conditioning coach, which wow, would have moved okay. us to Tennessee which is where my parents live and my brother lives. And so Maya and I are like, and then Maya got the approval to go there from work, but she wouldn't get benefits, but I'd be there. And so we're like, okay, this is, maybe this is it. This is where we go. And so I brought that to the two partners and said, if you will just set up this meeting with this other company, I won't take this job and I'll stay here. Fair but enough. we have to get the overarching things figured out. Mm -hmm. And so it was all my fault on them. Like, I'm not trusting them. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. That's they what they're took, telling you. Telling me. Ga gaslighting okay. me pretty hard, you know? Wow. And again, when it's your mentor, you take that, like, and I try to be a pretty self-reflective person and see my own wrongs. And I was like, maybe, maybe I am. Like, maybe I'm still not trusting because God's telling me I'm still supposed to be here. Hmm. Ultimately, we turned that job down in Clarksville, Tennessee. And then finally, this owner gets this meeting set up. And I walk into this meeting with the two other partners. And the two other partners are just like, and I hate to say this, but just like cowering in this meeting. And I was just like, what are you guys doing? Like, so the, what happened is they're like, the other partner's like, well, you guys haven't fulfilled your contractual obligation. And that company's like, yes, I have. We own your company. Bam. And they're like, oh. And so they had just had, I don't know if it was bad information my partners had or what. And then my partners just started, started like cowering in a corner. And like, so when the other company came at us and said, now that you're starting to build this branch out you, and you're starting to be profitable, you want to take this from us when we lose money on your department up uh -huh. north every year? Just this, all this stuff. And so they were lying to that company, trying to strip something out from under them when that company had invested in them to keep them alive. So they're doing this to you, to these to guys, these I mean, guys, to everybody. Right. And then in that company, in that meeting, they're like, well, I don't appreciate, just like, I mean, just victimized themselves and started like, crying and i was sitting in this meeting like what is going on so i was like you know what to that other company i apologize because that's exactly what we did and i had no idea that that's what i was a part of and i'm so sorry about it so i leave that meeting and i'm thinking about what i'm going to do right and then i wake up the next morning and i was like okay it's time go do your thing and i had so i went to the utah chamber of commerce they still never even put me on the business ownership documents wow. so that llc that we created to get absorbed all that stuff i had zero ownership I had nothing, which ended up being a blessing because I just got to go in there, walk in there and say, I'm out with no legal repercussions of anything. And so mm. they, and the whole time they gaslighted me, it was my fault, right? I wasn't trusting them. It's hairy. And what confused me the most in all this is that my mentor, he was a person of Jesus. He was in his Bible all the time. And we talk about scripture and we talk about Jesus and, and Jesus' roles in our lives. And so to be put in this situation by someone I follow who is a believer in Jesus was yeah. extremely confusing for me and extremely hard. And I didn't really know how to process it all, right? And I still don't, to be honest. Like, I still don't know what that was. I know what God's plan for me was. I still don't know why or how or what the, the lie was that he was living. Okay. But that's, that's it, it was it was hard, right? And so that made this whole situation harder when I eventually came up to him and said, I'm out. Because he tried to throw Jesus back at me, right? Like, 
you you know this is just all sorts of stuff i think ultimately as i got clarity i was i was manipulated a lot through that i think there were signs i could have seen earlier but ultimately i ended up walking away from it and you know was kind of like okay well now what do i do <laughs> and so and i ended up which has been crazy talking to a friend of a friend who owns a personal training gym and went to meet with him one day and he's he's been an angel on earth right it turns yeah. out he's a big believer in christ and he's been running his company like that the whole time and he's been patient with me as i've held over and he's been tossing me clients and now i'm personal training out of there and all is well and so and how, how long have you been working for this angel yeah. on earth as you call <laughs> oh, yeah, it <laughs> five, five months five months and it's just been it's crazy how much nicer it is, right? There's no hiccups. You're just like, oh, this is what a business is supposed to run. Yeah. Like. And like, like 32 questions come into my mind yeah. and we don't have time for all of them. But, yeah. but one thing I, I would love to hear you talk about is what was the difference yeah. between working for this guy or a difference between yeah. working for this guy and working for these other guys? Because you, you gave us a lot of details with the, the hiccups there and, and how you're looking back going, oh, it was tough because this person claims to be a person of faith. Yeah. Well, this guy now too yeah. is a person of faith and, and things are different. So yeah. from, you know, a leadership perspective, like how do you feel like he has this, this new guy leads you and leads this company in a way yeah. that honors Christ and makes you, you know, may, may, helps you to love your job again. Honesty. He's just honest. You know, like he'll, first of all, there's just, there's a palpable thing. There's a, it's like, you can feel it, but you can't describe it kind of a vibe. Right. Okay. Right. And you just get that being in this environment right and and the vibe of the place is everything and then he's honest he says exactly what he does he it, you know what he says he's going to do he comes through with and he's got a long lasting reputation of a bunch of customers who came in for 40 years right like you've been training someone for 40 years you gotta be doing something right uh yeah right so all sorts of little little things like that he practices what he preaches he values his family he's all those little hiccups and weird situations they just don't occur anymore right it's just it's a simple life in there which is it's great that's amazing yeah so through all of this i mean obviously you've you've taken us on this roller coaster ride yeah. and we've we've been through like some some major ups and downs and some tumultuous seasons and you're currently for the last five months right yeah. five months you've been in this wonderful place yeah. as someone who admits to being a very you know introspective self-reflective person yeah. what are the ways that you feel like you have grown in your career yeah. because of what you've been through? What are things that ultimately you look back and go, man, I wish there was another way I could have learned those things, but yeah. I'm stronger in these areas. I'm more equipped now than ever when, when it comes to your career. I mean, trusting God with my career, right? So I think I probably would have become arrogant without going through what I went through, right? Because I was good, right? I do a good job with my job and I've been really blessed to have a good skill set and to have, you know, to be able to learn quickly and to enjoy what I do. And ultimately you become good at your craft when it becomes yeah. like that. And I would have become arrogant and I know that, right? If I wouldn't have dealt with the things I would have done, I would have gotten success too early, I think. Okay. And I think that would have polluted my mind in time. And I think it would have polluted my marriage because of the hours, right? Mm. The hours and strength and conditioning suck. <laughs> like, you know, you're 3 p.m. to 10 p.m., right? How am I going to be a, a husband and a dad like that, right? Sure. And so this new job, I, I don't work those hours, right? I work nine to five, you know, you know, really six to six. But so I think I, it would have, I think arrogance and like overworking would have polluted my life. And I think without doing what I did and suffering through what 
we suffered through Maya and I together. Yeah. And on my own, I, I would have become arrogant. So this is, I think if I'm keeping track, the third time that I've wanted to come across the table and just hug you. <laughs> because like, this is incredible. Because I, I, I was going to ask you a follow-up question, you know, about how have you grown in your faith, but you you're going to hate this. So just yeah. if you need to close your ears, go yeah. for it. But like your discipleship is like completely shining through right now. Because when I ask you, how have you grown in your career? You jumped to God. Like, and you jump to, well, how I've grown in my career is that yeah. I've trusted God with my career. And I'm yeah. like, dude, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're, you're getting ahead of me, <laughs> yeah. but no, but that's amazing. Like, I'm, I'm, of course I'm joking. And I think that's, that's incredible. And you've talked about all these benefits and you've shown that if you hadn't gone through those things that you would have become arrogant. And it, it immediately makes my you know, because you're wired to look at the world through through your lens, and I'm wired to look at my at the world through my lens, and that is, you know, through just being a Bible nerd. And I hear your story, and I, I can't help but think of Joseph. And it's like Joseph, God gives him this dream, and he's like, "You're going to be this incredible leader." And what does Joseph do? Joseph turns around and he tells his brothers, "Like y'all going to bow down to me." Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like yeah. God's probably sitting there going, "Dude, yes, but you're getting arrogant." Yeah. And what happens to him? Well, he gets knocked down a few rungs right. through some really horrific things. I mean, he ends up a slave in Egypt and bad things happen. He He's in this business partnership with Potiphar and he's doing all these things and he's rising in the ranks. And then somebody comes along, Potiphar's wife, and falsely accuses him. And I mean, you know the story. It's like he just ends up in one bad situation after another. But ultimately, by the time we see him in Pharaoh's presence, dude, all that arrogance is gone. And he is so humble. This guy that like walked around telling his brothers, you're going to serve me. You're going to bow down to me. Now he's like, hey, not only am I bowing down before you, Pharaoh, before I tell you this stuff, but you need to know, I know you heard I got this gift, but the truth is I can't tell you anything. It's all God. God's mm -hmm. going to give me what I need to help you out. Mm -hmm. Without that quote unquote detour, without those hard times, well, dude would have been arrogant. Yeah. And you know, he wasn't a physical trainer or yeah. whatever the thing that I didn't yeah. write down is, you know, it, but it's like, but it's, it's, I hear the same story. Yeah. I hear the same story where it's like, but, but you, God in his grace enabled you to not go through, I mean, you went through some hard times, but your, it wasn't your arrogance that caused the problem. Right. He allowed you to go through these things probably for way more reasons than we'll ever figure out. Mm -hmm. But at least one of them, as you've already admitted, it's to prevent arrogance, to prevent you from making an idol out of work to prevent mm -hmm. you and Maya from having like some real, like some even further struggles that would have yeah. been more detrimental. Because again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like the struggles you had, you, you mentioned you had them together. Yeah. And you walked through this together. As we kind of wrap this up, now that you've been through this season of training, no pun intended, but yourself, um, tell me just one thing. And, and if you have a couple, that's great. But just yeah. tell me one thing that you would say to someone if you were coaching them, not physically, but if you were coaching them spiritually yeah. through betrayal, heartbreak, things not going their way, what, what, what would oh. you, how, how would you help them? Mm, that's so hard. Find the good in them the best you can. Even though if you feel like you can't find any, like work to find it. You mean in the person who's the done person those things who's to done you. it too? You got to try to, and even though you, like I still don't see it, one of the partners, but I try to. Sure, it's hard, you know. But then, and this is going to sound selfish, but it's not. But like, figure out how this is helping you, right? Like, someone betraying you is ultimately going to help you somehow, somehow, right? Whether it's building resilience or making you realize something about yourself that you wouldn't have. 
figure out what that is. There's always a lesson in something. Pray about it. Give that to God. Ask people about it, people you can trust. And it'll show a quality about yourself that either is a great thing that you need to strengthen or something that you need to you need to work on. So there's an element of this that, you know, sometimes we can misuse this passage, but this idea from Romans 8 of, you know, I mean, it stinks, but God does have this incredible way of redeeming any situation yeah. and bringing good out of it. I mean, why do we even go to Romans? We should just stick with Joseph. Yeah. What you intended for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. I mean, it's all in Joseph. Apparently yeah. we should have just like talked yeah. about Joseph this whole time. So, so, yeah. but in a nutshell, like that's kind of what you're getting at is like, yeah. you know, show compassion to the person that, that has hurt you yeah. and understand and ask, I, th- I think you mentioned, you know, pray and ask God, like reveal to me, help me to understand why in the world would you allow me to go through this? Because right. that, that means we have this preconceived idea that he does have a reason for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. In those moments, like, you know, sometimes they, no matter what's happening out there, right, in this world, you still feel like you're where you're supposed to be, right? And it's confusing. So that's where that prayer really comes into play, right? Yeah. Like, why am I supposed to be here? Because you got me here, right? And I'm not yeah. supposed to leave yet. What the heck are you doing? Yeah. Well, that's incredible, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking time this afternoon. I know you got to get home or you, I shouldn't say you have to, you get to get home Uh to your wonderful wife. And so seriously, thank you so much for sharing your story and everything that that I believe that you have given us as this incredible gift and has helped us to hopefully be able to reflect on this and better navigate these kinds of really crummy, undeserved situations in the future. So thanks, Paul. Thank you all for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for listening. If you're going through a similar situation where you feel betrayed by someone you trust, you know, we put some links in the show notes to a variety of books and resources, as well as some relevant scriptures you might check out. Uh, We appreciate you listening and we will see you again in a couple of weeks.